good everybody welcome back to the panthers nation network all right today i'm your host shanti store along with my man jason brooks running with a two-man today you know the jack currently currently out with COVID. he's doing fine but you know again send thoughts and prayers on off to him and tyler just with schedule scheduling just couldn't make it on so it's gonna be it's gonna be us today man how you feeling I'm feeling all right, my friend. Feeling out how you feeling over there? You know, getting ready for the Fourth of July weekend. You know, yeah. Shout out to Jack. Hope you're feeling well. Yeah, man. Get ready. Just just getting ready for the weekend. You know, I'll be working, but I still get to enjoy everybody else having <laughs> having having a good time out there, man. So, you know, to get got to get it started off with, of course, the Cleveland Browns, Deshaun Watson, Baker Mayfield. That's had a big effect on all offseason and how it's played out thus far. Still no word about what the suspension is going, going to be there. I mean, it's, it does seem like that they, they've gotten closer to naming what the actual suspension will be for Deshaun Watson. Um, just speak on what you've heard so far throughout this entire process. I mean, the rumor mill has always been, you know, everybody thinking low-key around six to eight games I would go with. Um, but overall, I don't think the NFL has made that decision. You know, there's rumors they may try to go for the indefinite. They do go the indefinite route you can definitely bet there'll be an arbitration. So he'll be in a playing whatever, however many weeks it takes him to go through that process. Then if that doesn't work out, then, you know, um, they're then coming with the suspension in. I mean, honestly and truthfully, I don't think we're going to get an answer on this until maybe week two or week three, if they let it go that far. They may do like one, like they normally do, a last-minute decision right after preseason. Um, but I don't see it going away anytime soon. So that's why I think Baker Mayfield will still be in that limbo area of, we want to move on from you, but we really don't have a reason to at the moment. And for, for Cleveland's sake, I mean, does it make much sense to, to leave Baker on that limbo? I, it doesn't feel like, from my perspective, he would ever go back and play for that team after, you know, the, the circumstances of how he's essentially lost his job. I mean, does it make much sense for them like, to hold on to Baker at this point? If you're asking me and I'm in that front office, I would say no. I would say you're looking for a toxic situation, but at the same time, you do have to put a product on the field. Now, Jacoby Brissett is is a veteran's veteran, right? He's coming in. He knows he knows he knows the game. He's very well versed in playing in big games, even even in some playoff games when he's had to come in. So you don't you don't have a bad option there as well. But I think with Baker Mayfield, just with the caliber of person he is, what he meant to that community, what he's been to that that organization as a whole, whether they want to admit it or not, he was their brand for what three years, four years. So, you know, you can't just kick him to the wayside that way, even though you need to. I think with Deshaun Watson still being in limbo, but that's a problem. But Baker hasn't taken – I don't even know if Baker's even been in the building. I don't think Baker's even been in the building. So if that's the case as well, I, I think that's a that's a loaded question. Yeah. I mean, it's just one of those things where I just can't imagine that's what's keeping them from pulling the trigger on a trade. Even though it seems like now there's only really two serious players for Baker Mayfield being us in Carolina and Seattle on the West Coast, seeing seeing what people have been saying around you know around sports talk, you know the talk show with Colin Cowherd, you know Skip, you know Skip and Shannon, everybody seems to feel that you know I mean it's like it's been kind of split. I've seen Cowherd say that Carolina's the more superior situation, which I which I do think so in comparison to Seattle. See, Skip Bayless not want Baker. You know, Baker is it's his guy. He doesn't want Baker anywhere near Carolina in their coach situation, which is also understandable. It seems to be a split a split across the board. But I, I'm kind of I'm kind of getting worried now that Seattle is making a real push to try to go get Baker. Uh, I mean, they we've heard their name heat up as of late. 
I don't think that's by I don't think it's by by, by sheer coincidence. I think having a quarterback room with Geno Smith and Drew Locke would make me want to go look for another option too. So I mean, it's understandable. But how are you feeling right now as far as the Baker trade meal? I you know I'm I'm tired of it honestly. I mean, either it's going to be out there until they make a decision. I think what we have to do from a Panther Nation perspective is we need to concentrate what's going on in house right now. We need to we need to definitely go do our due diligence on what we're working with. We already know from our quarterback perspective, it's, it's in shambles. So we really need to start working towards trying to get Corral up to speed, right? That's will be that would be my McAdoo wish list action to be doing right now. Um, outside of that, if he goes to Seattle, all well and good. I don't. I think Seattle is attractive for a couple of reasons, coaching wise and organizationally. If you look at the history of that organization. They're pretty well, you know, pretty well uh, established in their front office and in their organization. So that structure, that infrastructure is there. That's not a question that, you know, Pete Carroll's been there. Now, he may move on after this year. You know, they didn't know if he was coming back this year. But end of the day, he's still in there. The regime's still intact. So there's a lot of attraction from that perspective. Um, honestly, I think quiet is kept. Jimmy G's still out there. I don't know what San Francisco's trying to figure out as far as, what he looks like, I'm pretty sure they haven't seen him throw. I don't think he's thrown yet for the organization. No, um, yeah, I mean, he just now got cleared from his shoulder, right. From his shoulder surgery. So. Right, right. So I don't think he's got, yeah, he doesn't, I mean, he's just in his PT, his beginning stages or anything like that. So, you know, we have to wait and see on that training camp right around the corner. I think you'll start seeing movement mid to late training camp going into those first week of preseason. There'll be a lot of movement on the questions that we have right now around Baker Mayfield and the Seattle Seahawks and even more so with San Francisco. And I mean, just just to touch back on the Baker to Seattle point, I will say that historically, with how Pete Carroll runs operates his offense, and we were just gonna go down the list of the reasons why Baker should want should prefer going to Carolina to Seattle. Um, a, a positive in Seattle's direction is that Pete Carroll predominantly likes to protect his quarterbacks from putting the ball in harm's way. And the one thing Baker Mayfield's had a problem with, and we've ran through the stats, he struggles with interceptions. He's a guy that's he, he's a guy that's gonna make high risk throws. That's gonna try to push the limits on, on on what he can accomplish, you know, while pushing the ball down the field. Any system that could probably keep him from being a harm a harm to himself and 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 the team would probably be Seattle. Now, again, this isn't the same Seattle that has a Richard Sherman, right. Marshawn Lynch in that building. So it's it's not the it's not the same level of leadership. And again, I don't know if that type of style works. I think the reason why you haven't seen Seattle get you know rise back to prominence is because. So mainly because that defense isn't nowhere near the group it was it was, was before. And offensively, their schematics haven't really their schematics haven't evolved much. It kind of it kind of revolved around you know once Russell Wilson started taking those next steps, it came revolved around him being being able to be a playmaker, but offensively strategically, it wasn't good enough because I mean the rock maybe the rock combinations are simple. Maybe teams are getting the beat on it. I mean and I mean right. you started. We see, we see receivers mention this all the time. If 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 we're not going to change anything up, corners are going to start getting going to start getting a read on it. They're going to they're going to start sitting on routes that will usually be open. That that's supposed to be the inter, easy in, in, intermediate routes that a quarterback's supposed to be able to throw to and have success. Now on the flip side in Carolina, I don't know much about what McAdoo's going to do offensively with this group. This is a very different group. It's a group that has a lot of versatility. But we just haven't seen we haven't seen any offensive coordinator in quite some time since Norm Turner perfectly put it together. Now, from that, but from from the perspective of just the talent and just the roster, 
I gotta say going to Carolina would be my decision. And even and even though organizationally, from a coaching perspective, it, 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 hasn't, it hasn't looked great. You gotta hope it. You gotta hope that the guy that's been running the show for the last two years has realized what's not worked for him in the past. Veteran head co- veteran coaches are on the staff. Former head coaches, they'll have a bigger say so in how we play and, and how this offense runs this year. McCaffrey's there. DJ Moore, twenty million dollar receivers there. Robbie Anderson, a guy that can have success and has and has had success with subpar quarterback, quarterback play for the majority of his career. He's there and looking to have a bounce back year from a, from, from from a year that doesn't that, that look like nothing that he's put the, put out put forth any uh, any year prior to. I gotta think that Baker Mayfield will look at Carolina and say, "Look, we found a way to get me there. That has to be the situation that I need to be in, or in order to truly show that." A, I'm, a, I can still play in this. I can still play in this league at a high level, and B, I can go get the money I'm worth. Because mind you, he's never even seen a second contract. We're talking about Baker as if he's a fifth, six-year veteran. He's on. He's on. He's on the last year of that rookie deal. Yeah, I think. I think. I think you made some great points there. Um, Carolina's. A, so one thing I will say about us that makes us attractive is we're not the Panthers of old, right? So we've got a lot of youth in the building, right? We got some young leadership. I think Shaq may be one of the oldest ones on the squad. You know, maybe he's up still there. under and he's still under thirty, isn't he? Right, 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 he's right. Twenty eight, it's twenty nine. Right. So I mean, we're young in that perspective. Um, you know, a couple of another attractive thing I think for Baker too is you do have the attraction of CMC. He knows what Dante Foreman can do. He played in that AFC division when he was with Tennessee and the whole Cleveland situation. So I'm pretty sure he's seen some seen Dante Foreman on the field once or twice when he was with ten uh with the Texans as well as with Tennessee. I mean, I know he probably saw him too last year. That said, Higgins is there. I mean, he's the unsung hero, right? Rashad coming in. Right. He's a six-year vet. He's adding veteran leadership to that locker room. Um, he's not an enigma like Robbie Anderson. He's a down-home Southern boy who really, if you look at his stats from Cleveland, I was doing a little bit of research on him just from a particular argument in the barbershop. Um, <laughs> his best years were, I believe, 2018 and 2020. I think he got injured in 2019, but – in 2018 and 2020, he had over 550 yards for yards total. He was double-digit touchdowns. And you know what the quarterback situation was like. So right. imagine him with just a marginal quarterback. You add in, and as we as we kind of, you know, we're trying to lean into this now is this whole Matt Corral conversation. If we can, if he can get those reps with Matt Corral early and they can build that confidence from a, from a veteran receiver, then you then add in, you layer in the Robbie Anderson. You're going to be fighting with DJ Moore for time. You're going to be fighting with TMJ, who needs to have a breakout season this year. Yeah. Um, you know, so that receiving core to me, we're good. So that's attractive to Baker. We actually have a three-back system. CMC, Chuba Hubbard, and you put Dante Foreman in there, right? So, you know, we've got a three-back system in case CMC doesn't make it throughout the year. CMC's got to have a solid, legitimate yeah. Full season, double digit game season. I don't, I don't see him not making it. If he doesn't do a double digit season, he's definitely gone at the Gotta end go. of the season. Got to go. go. Um, tight end wise, I'm, I'm hoping Trimble comes back this year with a vengeance, with a chip on his shoulder. Ian Thomas has got to show and prove. I'm That's not true. too, I'm, I'm not too happy. I don't know why we brought him back for the money we brought him back for. But hey, nice. give him one more time and see what we got. We got a young line, you know, Christian and Icky in there. You know, that's going to be a good battle. And then, you know, maybe Christensen slides if that happens. But, you know, Christensen is going to have a breakout season. 
He did really well at the back half of the season last year in that position. Absolutely. So Baker has a line. He's got a running game. He's got a receiving core. He's got some decent tight ends. The other side of the ball, I mean, young in the secondary, thank God. You know, we're yeah. not we're not we're not <laughs> dealing with what we normally deal with. The Ron uh, Harpers and the Kirk Colvins and, and and no disrespect, right? No, no, no disrespect. And, and, and those no guys disrespect. Were, those guys were very productive players. Right? Exactly. We were bringing in guys like Mike Adams, who Jesus Christ played against what what Har- like, like, like like Harrison Gerst, like, 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 like back in like the old the, the right. early two thousand. Right. Like that's it's a problem. It's a right. problem historically in our secondary. But you got J.C. Horn back there coming back off of his injury. I know he's got something he wants to prove. This is a big year for Mottos. I'm really looking for big things from him. I think this is going to be his season. And I, I, as he was saying in our chat the other day, you know, I think with the right coaching, man, he's a great hybrid player. He can play up or down. Yeah. He has the ability to do so. So we're going to have to see what these guys got. We've got youth on our side. The only downside that we do have is the shambles we have at the front of the organization. Yeah. We have to right-size that as well, but this would be a prime opportunity, and I hate to put us in this situation, but I'll go for it, for an audition for Baker Mayfield to get his big contract. Yeah, you want to come prove yourself outside of Cleveland? Come on to Carolina. We'll we'll use you as a project like you'll use us as a project to get what you want. If we work out in this dating game, we want to sign you to a little something. Let's, let's talk about yeah. it. But we're not going to bank on you. You're not going to bank on us. We're going to use each other for what we can, and let's move on. And I think that that would be the most attractive thing and the most honest thing for Baker Mayfield. Absolutely, and you know, I, you know, I, you know, I'm on Twitter. You know, I'm on Twitter a lot. I see the comments. A lot of Panthers Nation is not happy about Baker Mayfield being in talks to being our quarterback, right. and many of which want Baker Mayfield in the same class as Sam Darnold. And I just need to vehemently push back on that. I am I the biggest Baker Mayfield fan? No, but we have to be but be real honest with yourself. Do you really think it would look the same if we put Baker out there with the same set of weapons with an improved offensive line group? Do you really think it's gonna look it's gonna look the same? Like I mean, yeah. I've seen Baker. I, I think I guess the only argument people the, the main argument people have about Baker is that he was in a probably a better situation even in Cleveland. But I'll tell people this: football isn't like basketball. You can't just throw a bunch of stars into a room. And expected to work. Having a guy like Odell and having a guy like Jarvis Landry, yeah, that's great. But how does your offense run? I, what's the what's the what's the schematics of your offense and, and, and what you're trying to run that? And Baker Mayfield and Odell never never truly worked. But we also seen Odell go to another situation where they used them more so, where he got line up backside, get his one on ones, and have success. But I just can't get behind people not believing that Baker Mayfield would not be an improvement over what we had last year. You know, I think I think Baker gets a bad rap just because of how what he did in college and how he came into the league, similar to a Cam Newton, right? Very yeah. very bravado, very yeah. flamboyant in the way his approach to how he wanted to be marketed, how he came to claim himself in Cleveland, right? So that's one, right? You put a bad, a bad taste in your mouth across the league from that perspective. Absolutely. Two, I think. The progressive commercials have done him no favors. Um, you know, they've, they've kind of forced us down that throat for like two years, right? So everybody's like, but he hasn't done anything. What have you proven, right? And that's no knock to him. I mean, get your money, buddy. But progressive, you kind of overdid it with that. Absolutely. But, more, but also with that, too, I think you look at the stars that Baker had, but also look at he had a, how many coaches since he had been there, right? He was learning a new system every year for like his first, like his first two to three years. 
it was three new head coaches, right? So that's one. Then on top of that, your running back core was a, like a carousel for like two years. Yeah. Your receiving core, besides Jarvis Landry, was a carousel for like two years. Yeah. Jarvis goes and gets OBJ. OBJ's coming off an injury. Can't stay healthy in the beginning. Couldn't even get on the field in the beginning. Gets on the field. You guys light it up for a couple of weeks. And he gets hurt again. And then, they, then Baker goes into his slump, right? So it's, it's like Baker's a roller coaster ride himself. I think his confidence in himself has always been a catch-22 for him. You either right. like it or you don't. Cam Newton style. And his right? thing, and I, I, know, I know you mentioned this last week about having that guy you can galvanize around like a Cam Newton. Yeah. And, I'm, and I'm thinking about it. I'm like, bro, I can get behind having Baker as my quarterback. I can really get behind going week after week with Baker as my quarterback. I truly believe that since Cam, he will be the only quarterback I would believe gives me a chance every week. Like I, like I feel that he can make enough plays throughout the course of a game to give me a chance, a chance to win. You don't feel like that with, with Sam Darnold. It, it always, right. even in the beginning with the three and zero start, it always felt like, well, yeah, but at some point this is, at some point something's gonna go left, and now what happens when it goes left? Can we ever, can we ever recorrect it? And we saw after Dallas. You can never, you you can never get back. They can never get back on the right track. It just, it all, and from that point on, it seemed off for the entire season. Yeah, I I, I agree with you on, on 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 a bunch of those points. I think also with that, looking at the season this year and how we're shaping up. You know, the front half of us, front half of our schedule is somewhat heavy, right? Playoff heavy, right? So yeah. it's going to be a good test to see what sort of team we want to identify ourselves to be at the beginning of the year. So Baker coming in now can help identify what that offensive side of the ball is going to look like. Sam Donald, I don't, the, 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 the players and everybody can say what they want to say. Yeah. We're going to build around Sam. Sam's our guy. We all know that he's probably lost the locker room before he even steps oh, into yeah, the parking absolutely. room. Right. You know, so CMC is, everybody's looking for CMC to, to, to be that, identity around that again. So again, centering it around CMC in the running game. But McAdoo, we're going to see what he is. He's a, it's a brand new offensive coordinator. Um, it's been a while since he's been able to just look at the offensive side of the ball and not worry about the outside distraction. So I'm really excited. Kind of. I'm not a big fan of his, from a, <laughs> but it's better than what we had. I think, you know what I mean? I think yeah. with Matt Rule, he can, he has to relinquish all, he has to kind of let McAdoo do his thing. He can't dibble and dabble in what McAdoo's going to do, right? So I think you're going to see a difference in that control within the offense. It's not a ping pong ball. Oh, we're going to run all week this week. Oh, no, we're going to pass all week next week. We don't know. We're going to do a hybrid this week. You know what I mean? So I think we're going to have much more of a strategic structure in place and really play to our strengths instead of trying to figure it out on the fly all the time. Right. Um, so that, I think, is the stability on that side of the ball is going to be different, which – I think will then eventually help Matt Corral because if we establish that offensive side of the ball with the new identity early, it's easier for him to make that transition to the starter where we don't, if Baker doesn't come, right? So this is without Baker coming. We got Sam to start. Right. I mean, Corral, if they have that already established identity, if McAdoo could keep that a consistent piece, then I think you'll see us be a better football team longevity-wise as opposed to last year. We were figuring out the first three weeks. They figured out what we were doing, and then it was champions for the rest of the season. And I'm glad you mentioned Matt Corral because we can 
roll right into that next. At what point, you know, I'm looking at the schedule right now. At what point do you do you really feel that you know Matt Corral will be will, will be the start? I think the article may have said like week ten. Yeah, that's the guesstimation. I think we were just talking about. Yeah, um, so you and I were talking about before the show. Yeah. Um, I think, I think if realistically, our bye week. Correct me, is it week eight? Yes, I believe so. I, I, I'm looking at the ESPN schedule. Okay, I think they, our bye week they, is they eight. I believe our bye week is eight this year. Um, if it's, I'm giving him anywhere between week eight and week ten. Only way he comes in earlier, only way he comes in earlier, we try to start P.J. Walker after Sam Donald does a dive the first three games. We try to play P.J. Walker for games four. We decide we're going to bring Sam Donald back for a quarter in game five, and then we bring Matt Corral in come quarter two in game five. And I will say this. The, the, the 10th game of the season will be against the Atlanta Falcons. Primetime game, Thursday night game. Uh, we don't do good on Thursday night. We not never great, do good. Not great on Thursday nights. I, We're not good on Thursday unless it's Thanksgiving. We don't do well on Thursday. Yeah, night. not great on Thursday nights, and I'll be and I will be scared because that's the second matchup against the Falcons. So I'll be a little worried about bringing them in around, around that at, at that point. I will say this: the NFL schedules are toughy all the way around. I, oh yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I know the I know the rankings are all say well this one's. The hardest schedule. This one's the thirty-second hardest schedule. Look here. This has an NFL team across the field from you every week. And NFL level athletes every week. The best NFL of the coach. best. The, the best, best of the best. best. The one percent of the one percent is are, are, are mm-hmm. on the field. So that's. So I, I'll say this. I've looked at it. I've looked at the first four to five weeks. I said, look, that schedule was winnable. Depending on who, like how we play. I, I mean, I, I, I can't. I, the Browns game, I, none of these teams are, are, are unbeatable. The Browns, the Giants, the Saints open up though, that first three-week stretch. Well, I mean, there's no Drew Brees here anymore. So it's not like I'm I'm, I'm, I'm petrified of what I'm, what, what I'm about to see across the field. Now, Mike Thomas will be back, but it'll be James Jam- Winston and Mike Thomas. That's a, be- that's, that's a wonderful game. Daniel Jones in week two uh, are facing the Giants. Again, a wonderful game. And, and even with any – and the Browns, even with – Deshaun Watson, let's be clear. Week one games are usually around the time you start seeing. That's like, it's like. Everybody got something to prove. Everybody playing for, yeah, everybody got something to prove. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You want to start 1-0, you don't want to start 0-1. It's a prime week for upset. We've seen plenty of team, plenty of playoff teams lose their week one matchup. Sure. They'll look fine by by week 10 or 11. So there's opportunity there for this team to, to to win some games early on. I don't even think it, at this point, you know the NFL's the NFL. There ain't gonna be. There's never gonna be a great week to bring in a rookie quarterback. No, and I, I was just looking. So we got a late by this week. Yeah, we got. I think it's week thirteen. I think we're at week 13. thirteen. Okay. Then we're week thirteen. So that even. So that's even. That's even more reason to think he'll be in by week eight, because by that time we would have gotten tired of getting beat up, and we would we need something new if we're not doing well. And I I, I do. If Matt Corral isn't the work. Is not the work in progress that we think he is, right? Like, do we truly know how much work he really needs, or are we just going off the assumption of, right? Um, do you think Matt Corral is any less prepared than Baker Mayfield was coming in? Now, that may be a difference because of the conference that Baker played in, because Baker played in the Big 12. Matt Corral's coming out of the what – is, what, is, what is Ole Miss? Ole Miss is SEC. Yeah, SEC West. 
Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's, so that's, a, that's a big boy division. Like that's big boy division. So I listen. I is is was if you look at their careers in college, and that's and that's where I'm at. Like when Baker came out, there was a lot of things Baker was was rough, you know, starting and and didn't know. The game is fascinating on that. I think the trust with Baker was that of how long he was in college. Mind you, this is a guy that started at two at two different Division One schools. Started at Texas Tech. And Oklahoma. I give you that. So I think the the sheer amount of years he had playing college football, I think that was where the trust was. And and the level of success he was having in Oklahoma, even though as he has progressed, we started seeing that Lincoln Riley's offense just produces these types of numbers, you know, Mm -hmm. no matter who's who's at quarterback. But um, I think that's just, I think that was the, that was the reason why. I mean, Oklahoma being a national brand for one kind of gives you, gives gives you that leg up. I think it is a lot of things. A lot of things that come into play that, don't really have much to even do with football. I think just it being Oklahoma being a national power, being the best team in the big in the Big Twelve, being constantly in the in the college football playoff realm. Ole Miss is base middle SEC West. I can't find. I can't recall a time I watched many Ole Miss games, even when they played my alma mater. <laughs> I didn't even watch that, so I can't really say how much. I, I don't think anybody has watched the Ole Miss game since Archie Manning. So I mean, you like, know, like, like, like to watch an Ole Miss game willingly at, at this point, like why? Like unless right. you just love football, you're not watching. Or you got a cousin that plays there, or something like that, That's right? At, at maximum. So it's like it, it, it's a lot of things I think that go into that go into why why one has more trust than the other. But I think again, the sheer amount of years that Baker played college football would be that reason why. And I will say this, though. Another issue I had with Matt Corral coming out, and it's, it's, I've had it with other quarterbacks from this system as well, him being a Lane Kiffin product. Yes, yes, it's a big one. I love any, any Lane Kiffin product I, I, I've seen has usually sputtered when they once they got into the league. It's, it's the same reason why I don't I don't love Tua. And not mainly because they went to Bama, just I didn't love I, that, that that system doesn't produce NFL quarterbacks. It's just, that's just, histor- that's just historically – What's happened? So I mean, when everybody loves the things that Matt Corral did at O at at, at, at Ole Miss, I'm like, well, are we loving what he's done, or are we loving how Lane Kiffin's drawing it up? Because there's a lot of offenses where it's drawn up to look this way. Now let's it? look at the schedule, right? Like his schedule was not the Alabama's weekend and week out, right? It wasn't the Georgia's weekend and week out. No knock on Matt Corral. I'm gonna be honest with you. I haven't seen much on him other than the tape and the highlight reels that we've that we constantly see. I hope the young man comes in and he has a chip on his shoulder and he wants to learn and he wants to absorb. I hope that's the type of mentality he has. I hope that he could get with the Shaq Thompson or somebody like that on the other side of the ball, one of the veterans, to kind of walk him through what the NFL is like. Um, I hope he has that kind of guidance or that's the type of locker room that's being fostered um, throughout, you know, because he does have, on the coaching staff, I mean, he has some, some good years sitting on that bench that he could draw from, right? A lot of great and football. Even, a lot of great football minds. And, 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 you know, with Luke and them on the radio, being around the clubhouse again, you know, he could draw from all these, all these, all these greats, right? So hopefully that's something that he's trying to do and he's not just going to – it's going to come to me kind of a guy, right? Um, you know, but not only Matt – I mean, let's not just put this all on Matt Corral, right? We got some players this year – it's time to pay up or get out of town, right? So let's not let's not just put this let's not just put this on him. Like Sam, you walked into a hornet's nest. We knew where you were before we got you, so we're just gonna say goodbye, good riddance. PJ, 
we know why you're here. We don't need to talk about you anymore. We know what exactly. that's all about. No disrespect to you, but you, yeah. we know. We know. Exactly. We know. But, you know, we talked about CMC. Enough said there. I think people understand what needs to happen there. But, you know, these young players that we've drafted, the Madhoses, the Trembles, the 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 Chuba, it's second year, but you need to show that growth. We need to see that. Yeah, we need to see that, that, that elevation. DJ, I mean, you the vet now, but bruh. It's still stuff he has to prove as well. Right. You you got to be that guy. Like, yeah. I, you got to be that guy. So, you know, JC, you got something to prove just because of the way your rookie season, you probably would have won rookie of the year, in my opinion. Um, but, yeah, you you, you you went out on a tough a tough thing last year. So, coming back, I'm very, very interested for you and TMJ. TMJ. The two of you, y'all are my other two that I'm really – I'm really keening in on to see, okay, am I going to see that next level that we need to see from them this year? Because the, the level from, just to speak on uh, J.C. Horn, I mean, just the level of the type of athlete I think he is and the type of corner I think he's going to be. That's right. We haven't seen this type of cat in Carolina before. Right. thing may have been Chris Gamble. Josh Norman gave us a, glim- a, a glimmer of that. Josh Norman gave us the closest glimmer of that, like just that, that, that bravado of a number one. Gamble had the talent of the talent. Gamble had more of a talent of of a number one. JC Horn seems to have 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 the total package. But I'll say a guy I'm really looking forward to seeing, and I was really excited once we drafted him, Davion Nixon. I think the athlete he is is he's he's a, he's, he's a high level athlete. I you know just remember him coming out him coming out of Iowa. The one thing about him is that you know he's one of the best athletes on the field, bar none, and him being in, being him being in the interior. Alongside Derrick Brown, can he take a big enough step up to be able to get more of those starter reps to be to be able to help mm. anchor that interior along, uh, uh, alongside Derrick Brown? I think he's one of those guys that he he's to me can be he can be an interior pass rusher, which is one one of the hardest things to find mm-hmm. at any mm-hmm. point in time to draft the guy that can pressure from the interior. Because I mean the one the one place quarterbacks hate getting pressure from is right up the middle. Nowhere for you to go. You have to go and, and for the guys that lack mobility. Going east and west isn't what they necessarily like to do. I think he's a guy that if he were to take the next step, you could really see this defense take a, take a, take an enormous leap because, I mean, we saw the edge rushers do what they did last year with Hassan Reddick and Brian Burns. But you start seeing that that only can carry you so far. If you're going to be a great defense, you got to be great in the interior. You see what, you know, you see what the Rams have been. The Rams have been a consistent playoff team since 2017. Because I mean they got they, they, they got the coaching situation right, but having a guy like Aaron Donald, who's arguably the best player in football, being able to dominate the game from such a critical from such a critical spot where quarterbacks hate seeing pressure come from, that to me can take it to the next level. And if he can become a force, I mean, the numbers may not reflect it, but if he can just become a force in the interior, I think that helps us take a take a big step defensively. Well, you already know you got to win Super Bowls, you got to stop the run. I mean that's bottom. Part none. You ha- you have to be able to stop the run. Um, you made a great point about Derek Brown. Big expectations for him this year. Yeah. Huge expectations for him this year. Um, he's got to come to short improvement. And, and I'm gonna I'm go back to my boy Mottos. I think if he gets the right coaching, bro, he could be a demon, man. Like this and dude. This dude has the athletic prowess to be. He could be. He got all the tools. He got all the tools, man. All the all he needs to make sure is he takes those tools and intangibles, man. I want him to groom those, man, and become that complete package where we can disguise our defenses again like we used to do with Pep. Pep would be a defensive end for the first quarter. Then he'll turn around and play outside linebacker. 
and then he'll mess around and you may see him in the as a middle linebacker every once in a while. You never know where this cat was going to be. And I think Matos has that kind of ability as well as if you're thinking about you're talking Derrick Brown. If Derrick Brown is the athlete that we think is, he should be able to slide up and down that line, guard, yeah. tackle, wherever we need him to play as a hybrid. I mean, these are the things that we have to be – I'm hoping Wilkes and crew are, are trying to massage and put that back together. And, you know, you know, the one thing about Montos I just remember coming out was that, you know, and I remember saying it because I, I ended up doing a draft evaluation after after that 2020 draft that I said, look, physically is there. Physically is there, but does he can coaching-wise, are they gonna be able to coach him up to the level to the point where he can be an effective pass rusher? He can be we know he, he already was a run stopper in college at Penn State. He that's where that's where he really made his mark as being physical and being physical and involved in the run and the, the ground game. And like you said, if you can add that versatility to his game, he has all the athleticism to, to be able to do that. That again helps you take the take the defense to the next level. And that's why guys like him made me not as worried about Hassan Ray not being resigned. Oh yeah, yeah. And, the and, youth, the youth. That's what I'm saying. Like we're not we're not chasing like we used to chase cats at the end of their career. That was our thing. Like everybody knew. Man, I don't want to. I don't want to retire yet. I can go to the Pampers and play for two years and get that check. And we like know for some, we know for some, some elite pass rushers like on, on the back end. Talking about Kevin Green. Talking. <laughs> he talking. Right. About, I mean, we can go back. White. You know what I'm saying? We talk. I mean, Jared. Jared Allen. Just. Just. I, I just as of as of late, just a five mm-hmm. like five six years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you had Jeremy Shockey was at the end of his career when he came. Um, I mean, the list goes on. Rodney Pete was at the end of his career, came and got it. Tester Verde came and got a check. <laughs> you can um, get back from Carolina if you're old, man. Yeah, you know, everybody know that, man. I'm, 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 I'm year 10. I'm on the back end of my career. I want to play two more years. I go to Carolina, collect me a couple checks, get that North Carolina tax break, and chill oh, yeah. out for a little bit. But, <laughs> you know, I'm glad that we've actually made that youth movement. I'm glad that we've, we're starting to shift that to that core. And that's why I'm saying Shaq being one of the leaders on one side, CMC on the other side of the ball. You know, that was the passing of the torch from the Cam Newton. To- yeah. Yeah, he's the one. But it's, yeah. it's, he knows it too, though. He he understands it more than anybody that, bro, what, three years consecutively with nine sacks? That you got to break that 10 mark, man. You got to break that 10 only, mark. But not only do you have to break it, you got to. Because 10 sacks, and we're going to be honest, even 10 sacks is not enough. For, right. Even 10, if you want to tell me you're an elite pass rusher, I have to see I have to see about 14 sacks out of you. That's, okay. that's, that's the mark of where, like, you're Well, if you want to be the man of the, if you want to be the man of the defense that you, that you claim to be, right? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you've got that bravado, like, honestly, I think Shaq is going to probably – I will place a bet that Shaq may almost have as much we have the most sacks at the linebacking court this year than Brian and, Burns. And the way Shaq started out, you know, prior, prior to his, I think he had a foot injury, I think, after, mm-hmm. after, after mm-hmm. the Dallas game. How he started out, he looked like he shot out of cannon. And they used, he looked like the guy out of Washington that we were told he was. That's right. He was that hybrid player that we were talking about. He right. was originally that guy. He was originally what, 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 what we saw what we saw of Jeremy Tennant his rookie year. That's what we were so cold on on Shaq Thompson and being. He kind of settled. He settled into a normal linebacker role, and I think that's partially because the old coaches staff. No, yeah, much, much more of a traditional defense. You're gonna play here, and this is how we do things. And so, 
we saw Shaq had had that had that breakout year last that to start to start out last season. Man, if he if he can have that level of play for an entire season, first of all, that type of style of play he 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 had, and how how well he played it, that would get you into a defensive player of the year type of conversation. Oh, no questions. And I and and, and let alone that, I think he would be the top linebacker out of the South. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like he would be, he would run the NFC South in that from that perspective. We've got That's gifts on both Absolutely. sides. Yeah, yeah, we got gifts on both sides of the ball without question. Uh, yeah, I barred none. I mean, and like and like you said, though, you know, I look at the offensive side of the ball, and I do, I do look at DJ Moore and say, I was an advocate for DJ Moore to go get paid. And his oh, we all now, were, we all his, were. We his all deal were. now it's crazy. It's it's crazy the things you see because there's a whole sector of people that. Hated that we paid DJ Moore. I'm like, bro, I do understand that this deal when we when when we got it done, and looking at the money now looks minuscule to what the what the other guys are getting. We did a great that was a great thing we did by getting that deal out of the way. And Dante Jackson's deal doesn't look nearly as like it, it won't look as bad once you see other guys start to get their money either. But DJ Moore for me, he's got to take that like that next step is go, is going to be like dominating your position. You're good. Yeah. You've been good for for a number of years now, but can you dominate at your position? He has he's gonna like have that. to. Yeah, he's, he's gonna, gonna have to. to. He's gonna have to. And and I'm glad you brought up no action Jackson. Um, <laughs> you know, I really want to see him shut up and play this year. Yeah, I want to see what he's got. You want to be the lockdown corner? I want to see him lock down this year. Like, I, like I don't, one. I don't want. He talks like one, but I don't want to see this. Fourth, fourth, and third and ones, and they throwing right over to your side, and you getting burnt on that flat, on that out route. I don't want to see that. I want to see you hopping on routes and doing what you're supposed to do, and getting us out of those three, out of those, out of those three, those third downs, right? Those third and longs, those third and mediums that we we give up. We be third and third and three, and do the run for ten yards or throw for ten yards, and it's right over there on on no action side. So, you know, we gotta. I, I just. There's a couple of key people who think that they're key people. Either be show the key us. person, yeah. Show us, show us yeah. this year, basically. It's show improved this year, basically. Yeah, and like and like you said, you know, this group, the Brian Burns, Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, uh, Dante Jackson, they're the they're the core group. After, you know, the Cam, Cam is, you know, yep. mm-hmm. and, and TD, this mm-hmm. is around that point. Well, by now, by by this point, with those with that last group, we are already seen by like year two or three who they were gonna be going for. Cam showed us. Cam really showed us by year three. He had really started to emerge as more of a leader, as more and more of a consistent quarterback. Luke by honestly, Luke by his rookie year kind of showed us what we were gonna get. So it wasn't really, really wasn't much the question, but. If they're gonna be this core that we that's supposed to carry us into the next generation and care and get us back to prominence and get us back to just winning the division and making the playoffs consistently again, they all have to show improvement. Yeah, yeah, and, and and it's not just it's not just them. I mean, and and before we you know get ready to close it down here, you know, it's from the top down. I mean, we got issues at the owner. You know, Tep got to change his his the way we're seeing him from the fan perspective. Rule, we don't even talk about you no more. You know what it is with you. Yeah, man. You can't even, you can't even, you can't even jaywalk across the street right now. Yeah, no, it's all business with you right now, man. You yeah, bro, we don't need, you're not even invited to the cookout on Saturday. Like, <laughs> nah. right? we're not, we're not, we're not inviting you to the cookout on Saturday. So, yeah. we gotta, we gotta get the image 
together. Winning cures a lot. The identity of this team needs to be seen week one, not week nine. Yeah, We need to see steady improvement week over week. You know, it's okay to lose. It's don't never want to lose, but it's okay yeah. to lose in a competitive match. It's not okay to lose when we're looking like we don't know what we're doing out there on the field. And my son, who you met last week, is over on the sideline looking at me like, Dad, like, why don't you go coach? And I, I'm trying to tell you, it's it's that simple for a 12 and a nine year old to the see. Kid knows ball. You know, it's not <laughs> it's not working. So I just want us to not be the calamity. I want us to calm the chaos. I want us to come in with a strategic mind and a purpose. And be into and trying to make ourselves not just a laughing stock. Because if you listen to us on any major blog or, or sports show, the Panthers are the we get a two minute window and it's always a comic it's, relief. It's bro, every I, I, I even I miss the days where we just weren't mentioned at all. I miss those days. Man, that wasn't so bad. I'm like, bro, I'm be honest. Like when we, when we were just going seven and nine and nobody said a word, I'm like, eh, it's okay. That's okay, but now it's just everybody's every, and it's the, it's the fact that everybody's aware of what right. this looks like now. But it's so polarizing <laughs> for the wrong reasons, man. Jesus Christ! But yeah, man. I think you said it perfectly to wrap, to wrap this thing on up, man. This has been another episode of the Panthers Nation Network. Thank you guys again for joining us. If you still tune in, because because by God, I, you know what? I mean, I. Yeah. I appreciate y'all that still do, most, most definitely. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at P1N underscore network. Be sure to follow our main page, Panthers Nation, with the with the one. Be sure, be sure, don't cannot forget the one on Instagram and, and Twitter as well. Look, man, it's been another great week, another great episode. And with that yes, being sir. said, we out.